Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. Welcome everybody, this is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is Tuesday. It is unfortunately not... As I promised, a Tuesday with Modica. Uh, in fact, that leads me to make a couple of other announcements. So, yeah, I'm flying solo on this show again today. I have fantastic guests lined up for the whole rest of the week. So, yes, I was starting off the week with a couple of solo shows, but I've got great guests the rest of the week. I uh, was planning on having Matt here today. Couldn't make it. Uh, so, a couple of other announcements. A big one, actually. At the end of uh, this week, I mean, I'll have a Wednesday show, Thursday show, Friday show. Starting next week, I am uh, going to three days a week. Uh, Also, uh, the show will be podcast only uh, for the rest of the calendar year. So uh, continue to look for uh, the Fantasy Baseball Hour on your favorite uh, podcast source. But... um, Yeah, so uh, won't be here live on FNTSY uh, Sports Radio Network uh, for the remainder of the calendar year after this week. Podcast only, and we'll be going to a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule starting next week. So, uh, yep, that's right. No more Tuesdays with Modica. There's going to be something even better. Mondays with Modica. (laughs) So we're going to turn Matt's uh, co-hosted show with me to an alliterative uh, show, Mondays with Modica. I think that's much better. Uh, So (laughs) looking forward to getting Matt back here uh, on Monday uh, to kick off the podcast-only version of uh, Fantasy Baseball Hour. We'll be back here on the radio network uh, in the the new year, but uh, for the rest of the year, again, after this week, podcast-only, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. There you go. So I uh, appreciate, by the way, all of the support uh, that you've uh, provided me, both uh, in terms of the podcast and in terms of uh, streaming the show uh, from FNTSY. So I uh, really appreciate it. hope you'll continue to stick with me uh, through the rest of the season, postseason, and beyond. All right. So yesterday, D. Gordon was a late scratch for the Mariners with left shoulder discomfort. Uh, that, according to Ryan Divish of the Seattle Times. And if that sounds like a weird, anticlimactic way to kick off the show, well, that's because it is. But I'm mentioning that because also the Mariners uh, earlier today, Tuesday, have reinstated Robinson Cano from his 80-game PED suspension. He has completed that. Uh, Robinson Cano is back. And, of course, the question that I have visited and revisited on the show Uh, in the weeks leading up to this day is where does Robinson Cano play? And I've even, I've had uh, Corey Brock on the show, uh, Mariners beat writer to talk about it. Uh, And uh, he said that Cano would probably get some playing time at first. That would cut into Ryan Healy's playing time. More recently, we've had reports of Cano working out at third, which is not great news for Kyle Seager. Uh, But I would expect that uh, probably we see Robinson Cano tonight playing second base I'm just guessing here. I am just guessing. Uh, so we don't know for sure. And we're probably not going to know uh, upon the uh, the conclusion of the show here because the Mariners are in Oakland. It's a West Coast game. Uh, we pretty much never get the West Coast lineups out uh, by the end of this show. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But I would guess that Cano will be in the lineup somewhere. And given that uh, Gordon's got a, a, a bulky shoulder, Maybe we see Robinson Cano uh, in a familiar familiar spot uh, at second base tonight. Uh, but again, just speculating on that. Uh, we got a, a whole bunch of Cardinals news, uh, and and the really big item here is that Carlos Martinez, kind of a good news bad news scenario. He could be back as soon as next week. That's great news. 
The not-so-great news is that he's not going to be a starter for the remainder of the year. Uh, Cardinals are going to bring him back bring him back as a reliever. And the, the rationale for that, uh, according to the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, is that it would have taken Martinez about another month to have uh, built up to be uh, ready to, uh, to, to go as a starter. So uh, whereas it will only take him about another week additionally, or maybe just a little bit longer, I'd say between a week and two weeks uh, for Martinez to get ramped up to actually pitch in relief situations. So while on balance, that's not great news for fantasy owners, uh, particularly in redraft leagues. I mean, I think that's a good development long term, a more cautious approach with Carlos Martinez, uh, who's uh, now coming back from a shoulder strain. It's not entirely terrible news from a fantasy perspective either, because uh, Mike Schultz said that he plans on using Martinez in high leverage situations. Now, Bud Norris blew a save on Monday night. That bullpen has been a little bit of, or more than a little bit of uh, an ongoing drama this season. So maybe, just maybe, Carlos Martinez be closing games before the end of the year. I wouldn't. Wouldn't certainly count on it, but uh, you figure, you know, at, at minimum, uh, he's got some value still in some deeper leagues because it sounds like uh, at minimum he'll he'll get some hold chances, but maybe some save chances too. So uh, we'll see how that all uh, plays out with the Cardinals. Now, Michael Waka, the Cardinals are not going to rush him back. Uh, he is going to come back as a starter, so he's going to have that longer uh, timetable that they're avoiding with Carlos Martinez. So Michael Walker will be back as a starter, but it's not going to be anytime soon. Also, Tyler O'Neill, he is expected to be activated today. Uh, those updates also coming from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And finally, uh, Luke Weaver missed his last start uh, after cutting himself opening a can of food. Uh, he's probably going to maybe opt for a, a, a different type of uh, food container going forward. But uh, the good news for Weaver is that he is uh, now going to make his scheduled start this Friday against the Brewers. So you can plan on starting him. And hopefully in your uh, weekly leagues, you uh, you were uh, able to uh, get him into your rotation. So uh, also another, it's, it's kind of a big news day here. Uh, we've got an important thing here on Brian Dozier. He left uh, Monday's game against the Giants early due to some dizziness had an EKG done and it revealed some uh, abnormalities in his heart rhythms. So uh, yeah, that's a, uh, unfortunately a familiar story uh, for the Dodgers because uh, somewhat similar to uh, Kenley Jansen, who's now out for about a month. Uh, so uh, Dozier, uh, I would think out indefinitely, uh, but uh, yeah, no, no further update there, uh, but that initial update uh, coming from MLB.com. So I wouldn't count on being able to use Brian Dozier uh, for a little while now. And also in some other uh, Dodgers news, John Axford uh, has a break in the tip of his fibula. That also according to MLB.com. So uh, no timetable there, but can't imagine he's going to be pitching anytime soon. And also uh, Brandon Crawford in that same game uh, collided with Gorky Hernandez in the outfield, and uh, Hernandez was down for a bit, but he stayed in the game. Crawford, on the other hand, did leave the game, and he was put on concussion protocol, according to NBC Sports Bay Area. So uh, hopefully Brandon Crawford will be okay, um, but I imagine he'll be out for the uh, foreseeable future. Joey Votto left uh, Monday's game against the Indians early. Uh, he was uh, limping around the bases, uh, going from first to second, and was pulled from the game. And I've not seen any further update, even in terms of what the injury was for Joey Votto. So let me just take a peek real quick. I'm not even sure when the Reds, when their game time is. But we do. This is good. We do have a Reds uh, lineup. We don't have very many out. But we do have both the Reds and Indians lineups. And Joey Votto is in the Reds lineup. So that must be why I didn't see any further updates. Because whatever was wrong with Votto appears was not serious so barring a, a scratch or something, Joey Votto is going to be in there playing first base and batting second behind Jose Peraza. So, uh, of course, I will get to all the lineups uh, that are out a little uh, little bit later on in the show. But a good development there for Mr. Joseph Votto. 
not a great development for Danny Duffy. I talked about him on Monday's show, how he'd been dealing with some stiffness in his shoulder. That has sent him to the DL. However, uh, Duffy could just be uh, spending the minimum uh, 10 days on the DL. So, uh, you know, you'll be uh, obviously not using him for now, but uh, hopefully back soon and hopefully, uh, you know, pitching better than he had recently. He made four starts with that shoulder trouble and unfortunately did did show in the results. So hopefully he'll be, uh, be a little better going forward. Uh, Brian Cashman says that uh, CC Sabathia's placement on the DL is just uh, basically part and parcel of uh, him just having a chronic knee condition. So uh, Cashman's quote, part of the program, no surprises. Uh, that quote uh, reported by Mark Kerrig of The Athletic. So uh, maybe just a minimum stay for Sabathia as well. Doesn't sound overly serious. Adrian Beltre, aggra- aggra- excuse me, aggravated, did not aggregate, but rather aggravated his left hamstring running the bases on Monday. Uh, no timetable uh, or further status update on him, according to the Dallas Morning News. Mike Trout is away from the team uh, for a personal family matter, according to the Orange County Register. And uh, Angels aren't sure if he's going to be ready to be activated from the DL on Thursday uh, when he'll have served the minimum 10 days on the DL. So, um, of course, Trout... Uh, in your weekly lineup, probably not uh, in there anyway this week, but uh, for your daily lineups, uh, you'll definitely want to check back in on that the next couple of days. And in some other Angels news, Shoei Otane pitched a 33-pitch bullpen session on Monday at Petco Park. He estimated uh, that he threw about 70, 70% effort level and said it was a step forward. So good news there uh, on Shoei Otani. Jay Bruce is starting a rehab stint with um, St. Lucie in the Florida State League. He is scheduled to play right field tonight, but he's also, on Wednesday, he's going to move over to first base. So that's kind of an interesting little signal there uh, because either it looks like, you know, even without that news, that either Bruce was going to have to come back as a first baseman or really at best be part of an outfield rotation and probably the the lesser part. So, um you know, good development there for uh, Jay Bruce uh, playing first base tomorrow, according to the New York Post. And according to Sportsnet, Josh Donaldson and Lourdes Gurriel, both on the DL for the Blue Jays, they're both uh, aiming to start running the bases this week. So neither one exactly close to a return, but both making some progress. And uh, Michael Fulmer, he is uh, scheduled to begin a rehab stint uh, today, Tuesday with uh, Lakeland, also in the Florida State League. So there had been a report that came out on Monday that said that he'd probably start a rehab assignment in a day or two. Turns out it's a day, not two days. Uh, Fulmer going to pitch tonight for Lakeland. The Red Sox activated Blake Swihart and to make room for him on uh, the 25-man and 40-man roster, Dan Butler was designated for assignment. Kenley Jansen threw a bullpen session today. There's some great news. Uh, Dave Roberts said he's encouraged and thinks that uh, Jansen might be able to return before the four to six week window. Uh, that was widely reported uh, when Jansen first uh, was was reported uh, to have the, the heart issue and uh, and then was subsequently placed on the DL. So uh, that's report from the LA Times. Really, really good encouraging news for Kenley Jansen. And there's also a piece in MLB.com about uh, Jansen and uh, that he actually had to get electric shock to get his heart back into a regular rhythm uh, when he first uh, started having uh, the, the symptoms. Uh, so a little more detail there on, uh, on Kenley Jansen. So uh, a lot more bullpen developments there. Of course, Jansen still, you know, again, even on the optimistic side, Figure, uh, you know, at least three more weeks, probably a little bit more. And again, that's the optimistic side in terms of anticipating return for Kenley Jansen. Dodgers already missing him quite a lot. Uh, Scott Alexander blew the save against the Giants on Monday. And so it's, it's been an eventful uh, tenure so far for Alexander as uh, at least a part-time closer in uh, Jansen's absence. 
so uh, his previous game, he he pitched to two batters. He'd given up a double, and that was lifted for uh, JT Chargois. And um, and then Chagua blew the save, but um, you know it's not really clear what the situation there is. Of course, of course, Kenta Maeda now in the bullpen, Ross Stripling there, and so you know with this latest blown save from Alexander, it was already looking like sort of a platoon situation anyway. So I would say don't be surprised. Maybe Maeda gets uh, the next save chance for the Dodgers. Um, I forget exactly when he's available, but uh, I would think. If not uh, tonight, probably I would think by tomorrow. So uh, we'll uh, have to see how that situation unfolds because they're going to be without Jansen for a while, even with the uh, the uh, encouraging news there. So uh, before we uh, move on to some other developments, just a reminder here that DailyRoto.com is putting more than $25,000 on the line for its subscribers this NFL season, entering paid contests on FanDuel and bringing you along for the free roll. So have the chance to win big this year alongside SportsGrid CEO Jeremy Stein, one of the only men who has won two separate $1 million prizes. Each week, we'll select lucky subscribers to sweat with us and split 50% of the profits. No profits that week? Well, then no worries because your name just gets tossed right back into the hat for the following week. So head to dailyroto.com slash sweat and learn how to get in on the action and your share of $25,000 in action. That's dailyroto.com slash sweat. So, uh, yeah, that Dodgers uh, bullpen situation, obviously not really ideal. Uh, Also uh, not ideal. I've got to go to break right now. So I'm going to have to break up this bullpen discussion. But uh, the Twins, there's an interesting development there in their bullpen situation. We'll call, we talked about the Cardinals situation, uh, but we'll, we'll we'll break into that a little bit more. And we'll also check in on uh, the one-day game that is currently in progress right now and take a look ahead to tonight's slate because there are some interesting pitchers to consider. Be right back after this break. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm Al Melkier, your host. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit more about bullpens. Going to talk a little bit uh, about uh, tonight's slate. Lots to get to here. Uh, and also, uh, you should know, the Fantasy Factor is the only exclusive single-entry DFS site. They have free rolls registering all the time. They've got great promotions for free prizes. So keep a lookout for Fancy Factor's free $1 million Survivor Contest. It opens about a week right before the NFL kickoff. Just go to fantasyfactor.com. That's fantasyfactor.com. So, um, yeah, let's get to those uh, bullpen situations. Uh, I already talked a bit about the Dodgers situation, which you know, is, frankly is just pretty wide open for the next uh, three to four weeks at least while they wait for Kenley Jansen to get back. Scott Alexander uh, blowing a save uh, and, and doing it pretty spectacularly on Monday against the Giants. And uh, the Twins, that situation has been wide open pretty much ever since the trade of Fernando Rodney. And um, there was a piece by Mike Berardino of the St. Paul Pioneer Press that really shed some light there because it, it looked like a very confusing situation. The first uh, save chance that uh, they had right out of the gate after uh, Rodney was traded went to Trevor Hildenberger, who did manage to keep, uh, I believe it was a three-run lead, but uh, gave up, uh, I think it was a two-run homer. And, and you know, it was like the fourth 
appearance in a row where Hildeberger had given up multiple runs. So it's just, it looked like an odd choice. Uh, and, and Hildeberger is still not mixed, but as Berardino wrote, they're basically, the Twins are going to use this as sort of an audition process for next year. Now, there had been a report out just a, a couple of days before Rodney was traded saying that the Twins were considering exercising his option for next year. So apparently they, they took a look at it and figured, you know, we've got a number of in-house situations that we like. Let's, let's see how this plays out. So basically the next uh, six and a half weeks, it's going to be uh, sort of a closer audition for 2019, Hildenberger will be in that mix. Trevor May will be in that mix. So certainly the names that I've talked about on this show that have been mentioned in reports as possible uh, closer candidates for this year, uh, those folks are going to get their chance. So Hildenberger, May, uh, I was very happy to see Taylor Rogers mentioned in Berardino's report because his name was absent from some earlier reports about the Twins' closer situation. That made no sense to me at all. So both he and the other lefty that's in the Twins' bullpen right now, Gabriel Moya, they may both get some save chances. And um, also Matt McGill, which it struck me as a very odd inclusion uh, as a you know journeyman uh, middle relief type. But uh, apparently the Twins you know like what they have in McGill, and, and so he may see some save chances. So... It, it certainly sounds like a situation to avoid if uh, they do follow through on that plan. And Berardino makes a pretty good argument, saying that there's there's good reason to trust them, and that they're they're gonna uh, be using uh, uh, a committee type situation. But I do think out of that group, uh, I, I like May and Rogers the best. Now that Rogers apparently is part of that group, maybe uh, you know maybe he's worth picking up. Uh, I know you can only, you know, hold so many uh, spots for relievers, but, you know, if it's a deep league where, you know, Hildeberger's gone and, and Trevor May, he's, he's drawn some, some interest in the leagues that I'm in. Granted, some of that interest came from me, but <laughs> I've seen some other owners pick him up as well. Uh, you know, so if you're that sort of league, uh, you know, maybe Rogers is worth the pickup because you figure you're, you're going to get some strikeouts and some good ratios from him and, and maybe you get a few saves as well. So, uh, interesting situation there. In, uh, in Minnesota. But yeah, don't expect that one to resolve itself neatly and cleanly. And then, uh, yeah, there's the Cardinals situation, which uh, got a little bit cloudier, both with uh, Bud Norris's blown save on Monday and with the news that Carlos Martinez is going to be moving to a bullpen role and that he may start that as soon as sometime next week. And that, um, you know, there's some other candidates there as well. There as well. Um, you've got Jordan Hicks, who's performed pretty reliably, mostly in the eighth inning role. You've had Dakota Hudson lately uh, have some some good performances in the late innings. So now the Cardinals, that situation looks blown sort of wide open, even though I've not read or heard anything about Norris losing the job. Um, you know, I, I just I wouldn't be surprised by it. So that's another situation to monitor. And maybe once we get just a little more clarity, maybe then you can you can speculate a bit on that. I'm guessing the one guy you're not going to be able to pick up, though, is uh, Carlos Martinez, though. But if you own him, you might, uh, as I said earlier in the show, still get a little bit of value out of him. Uh, and then there's the national situation. So talk, I talked about on Monday's show how Ryan Madsen, who blew the save for the Nationals on Sunday, gave up that, that just tremendous uh, walk-off Two out, uh, two strike grand slam to David Bodie. Wasn't a great moment for Ryan Madsen, but it was a great moment for Bodie and pretty much for anybody who just loves baseball. Uh, but then it was revealed after the game that Madsen has his back issue that he's been dealing with for some time, and he was having a flare up with some referred pain in his leg. So, yeah, Madsen did not get uh, the call uh, on Monday night. It was Coda Glover, and then he blew the save. So, um, you know, that, that situation, it's, it's a tough call. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, with Madsen, who knows when he's going to be ready to, to, you know, make an appearance. Um, Glover has not, you know, pitched much uh, this year and, uh, you know, didn't do well with uh, his, his chance that he got on Monday, Greg Holland. He's a, a really big question mark right now. So I, I gotta say, I think that's a situation to avoid right now. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to think that Madsen is going to be fine, and, and if he's healthy, he's going to be pretty reliable. 
but I've just not seen anything over the last 48 hours or so to, uh, you know, update us on, on what uh, his whole situation is. So not a lot really to tell you, I guess that that's really going to clear things up. I mean, we talked about the Dodgers, the twins, the Cardinals and the, the nationals and all those situations, I guess they're basically situations to avoid, but maybe they'll, they'll clear themselves up in the, in the next couple of days. That's really the, the best that I can, unfortunately, I can uh, give you at this point. So let's take a look forward to uh, tonight's slate. And, uh, well, actually, let, let me do a little better than that. Let's look at a game that's actually in progress right now. Uh, we got the Brewers up 5 nothing on the Cubs. That game right now has just gone into the bottom of the fourth. Yulisha uh, seen doing well in that one. Um, but uh, actually, yeah, there's one out now in the fourth inning. So Shasin, three and a third uh, scoreless innings. Um, that's uh, basically what I got for you right there uh, in terms of Brewers-Cubs. But tonight, uh, a number of really interesting matchups. Also, frankly, some some not-so-interesting matchups. Um, it's not uh, a big night in terms of uh, you know star power. Though we got Corey Kluber going against the Reds. I think... Uh, Trevor Richards and Anibal Sanchez. That should be a good and, and interesting matchup. Um, but uh, there are a few few pitchers that I, I want to focus in on. And the first one I actually want to mention is not somebody I would recommend to start tonight. I've probably talked about this on the show uh, in recent weeks. or I'm sorry, not recent weeks, recent days. But I'm going to be watching, at least for some portion tonight, White Sox-Tigers. Now, part of it, is that I've got Blaine Hardy started in a couple of leagues, including Tout Wars. And I've talked at great length over many different episodes about why I like Blaine Hardy. And I seem to be pretty much on, on Hardy Island there, but that's okay. We'll see. And, you know, if nothing else, should be a very good matchup against the White Sox. But Lucas Giolito is going for the White Sox. I wrote a piece for um, Rotographs last week talking about how Giolito, even though his most recent start against the Yankees did not go especially well, he gave up six runs in the uh, in the, in the second inning, seven runs total in that start, uh, did show some resiliency in terms of bouncing back after that six-run uh, inning. But really, you go back several more starts for Giolito, and there's been some interesting changes for him, not the least of which is uh, some increased velocity, but there's a lot more to it. Um, and so I would suggest that... Uh, you check Giolito out. Also, I uh, hope you do check out my piece on rotographs on uh, Giolito and basically making a comparison between him and Kyle Freeland because there's a lot of similarities in terms of the improvements that Freeland has made this year and the improvements that Giolito has made over the past month. Uh, so I do hope you, you check that out. But uh, putting Giolito and Hardy aside, uh, there are three other pitchers that I would consider starting and um i did a a twitter poll to see how people felt about them so uh i'm going to pull up that poll in just a moment here and i apologize that uh, just takes a second here to load it uh so yeah in fact we just have the final results now and um so here are the three streaming options for tonight that i thought were were at least worth looking into you got ryan barucki who I know I have called on the show repeatedly a regression candidate, uh, but he does have the Royals and he has them at Kauffman Stadium tonight. So good venue, uh, a good matchup, very good matchup for uh, somebody who has, I think, overperformed. But, you know, there there are some skills there. Uh, so Brookie at KC, Mike Fires, who's been on fire for, for quite a while, a very good debut for the A's, but that's building on a, a couple of months, really two and a half months of, of very good results. Uh, and he's got the Mariners at Oakland. And then finally, Herman Marquez, uh, I think probably the least enviable matchup, but he's got the uh, Astros in Houston. So at least it's not Coors Field. So I offered this up as a, as a uh, Twitter poll. Which three starters would you uh, most want to start tonight? Baruchia KC, Fires at home versus Seattle, Marquez at the Astros. And I wasn't really sure which way this was going to go. I actually thought Fires, if I had to predict a winner, I probably would have said Fires just because he's been on such an extended good run. But he actually finished dead last with 23% of the vote. Uh, Marquez came in 
at 30%, and Barucki won by a very good margin, 47%. So nearly half of the, the voters on Twitter chose Ryan Barucki over Fires and Marquez. And I mean, I'm not shocked or surprised, but here's my angle in putting out those three pitchers uh, that I've talked about Barucki and Fires both as uh, regression candidates. I hadn't really looked into Marquez that much, uh, but just knew that he was on a good run, including some good starts at home. Uh, so I thought maybe he'd be a, a regression candidate. Well, it turns out after taking a closer look at all three pitchers, Barucki clearly uh, has overperformed, uh, particularly in terms of just having allowed one single home run in his 48 innings. Uh, he pitches, you know, at Rogers Center at home. He's got the AL East, uh, and yet he's just given up one home run in 48 innings. And and it's not like he's a ground ball pitcher. He's very neutral in that regard. So there's some regression due. But you know, if you want to avoid the home run, there's probably no better matchup that I that I can think of than going to Kansas City to face the Royals. So uh, you know, there's some appeal there. But I, I, I'm sort of iffy about it. And then there's Mike Fires. Now, again, it's been an extended period for him. Over his last 13 starts, Mike Fires has a 2.51 ERA. Uh, He's got uh, a very nice walk ratio, 1.9 walks per nine. Just a sort of a moderate strikeout per nine of of 7.5. But, you know, between that and a a decent but not a a great home run ratio of 1.2 per nine, you you think, well, okay, that doesn't quite add up to 2.51. But even his FIP, his FIP, which takes the home run rate as granted, uh, his FIP is 3.97. His ex-FIP is 4.48. So they don't love the peripherals that much. And it turns out Mike Fires, over his last 13 starts with that 2.51 ERA, he has stranded 91% of his runners. That is just, that's just, that that's just bananas. <laughs> I, I'm just at a loss for even a word for it. Uh, 91% strand rate. So even the best pitchers are really hard pressed to do better than 80%. And most pitchers are hard pressed to do better than say 75% uh, over the long haul, you know, long haul meaning, you know, more than one season. Uh, But yeah, over a 13 start stretch, good long stretch, 91% for fire. So yeah, he is regression bound. uh, I would have to think. So I don't love uh, a matchup against the Mariners. Uh, so that leaves Herman Marquez. Now this guy granted just for seven starts, this guy's been the real deal over his last seven starts, a 3.15 ERA, uh, and over 45 and two thirds innings, 55 strikeouts and a 14% swinging strike rate. Wow. Wow. And only 10 walks. Now six homers which, again, in the current environment is not that crazy. Six homers in 45 and two-thirds, and especially for a pitcher that is uh, a Rockies pitcher, that's fine. And and he's got a 55% ground ball rate. So not only are the swings and misses up for Marquez, and therefore strikeouts are up, but his ground ball rate is excellent over the last seven starts. So, yeah, Marquez at Houston, I'll take that. If I voted in my own poll, which I didn't, uh, I would have definitely voted for Herm- Herman Marquez, and he did do a little better than Fires here, but uh, people like Ryan Barucki a lot more to- than Herman Marquez. And I don't know. I mean, granted, Barucki does have the better matchup, but you know, I have found this year <laughs> when I've gotten into trouble in my daily leagues, it's getting a little too cute with uh, with the daily matchups. And uh, you know, for example, uh, like Barucki's teammate uh, Brad Keller, and I've just gotten away from streaming him because that the skills just aren't strong enough. Uh, no matter, you know, uh, or I'm sorry, I said Barucky's teammate, not Barucky's teammate, but a Royal. So in other words, the, I was thinking of Kauffman Stadium. So, you know, even the, the venue's good or the matchup's good, you can get burned that way. So I'll go with just the awesome skill set of Herman Marquez over his last seven starts. So that's pretty cool, I gotta say. So uh, if you got uh, a chance uh, to tinker, if you're just playing a nighttime slate, uh, see if you can get to Herman Marquez. I, I that that Astros matchup does not really scare me with him, given how good that he has been lately. So, uh, so we'll we'll take a look at this on uh, on tomorrow's show. 
And by the way, just to, to preview, I said that I've got a great guest lined up for the rest of the week. Tomorrow's going to be uh, Nate Dockin coming in. So maybe we can uh, talk about that a little bit with uh, Nate Dockin. That would be pretty cool. So uh, on Monday's show, I had talked about the fact that we had three major league debuts that we were anticipating on Monday. All three players did debut. Tuki Toussaint, uh, Sean Reed Foley, and Danny Jansen. All of them made their major league debuts on Monday. We're going to see how each of those debuts went. And I'm going to ask the question that everybody's asking. What is wrong with Luis Severino? Another subpar start for him. So I'm going to dig into his numbers a little bit. And while I'm at it, let's also ask, what's wrong with Marco Gonzalez? Because that's back-to-back. Not very good starts for Marco Gonzalez either. And we'll take a look at some of the good performances from Monday's games as well. Uh, And we'll get to lineups and all that. Uh, A lot to get to, but I will get to all of it, but I won't do it until right after this break. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. about we got some news updates we've got uh stand-up performances a staple of this program we got those to get to uh but also you've got to go get your season ticket to fancy glory so you got to do that right now and you could do it with the 2018 roto experts exclusive edge fantasy football package it's not just a draft kick oh draft kit absolutely not it's a full season package that takes you all the way from your draft day up to championship week and it features in-depth analysis from some of your favorite FNTSY sports radio experts. So go on over to rotoexperts.com, use the code winner to get 10% off on the exclusive edge package and then set aside a spot on your mantle for that 2018 championship trophy. So uh, yeah, a couple of news updates uh, over the break here. The uh, Indians are going to have Trevor Bauer get his ankle examined. So uh, I think he was not supposed to miss a start, but uh, that would suggest to me that uh, that may not necessarily be the case with uh, Bauer, who got uh, hit with a comebacker in the ankle. So he's going to have his ankle checked out. And also, uh, interesting development here, the Rays got their player to be named later from the, the Pirates in exchange for Chris Archer. And, you know, as you would rightfully expect, given a big deal, like the Chris Archer deal was, they got a really nice prospect back. They got Shane Baz, who was the uh, 12th overall selection in the 2017 draft. And uh, so they, they get a very nice pitching prospect in return. So uh, well done, Tampa Bay Rays. Okay, so uh, we got that all taken care of and updated. So uh, let's uh, check in on the weather for tonight's games. And there are, there's at least one game that I think you should worry a bit about, but there are a few I'm just going to check in on here because there is some chance of uh, precipitation. Phillies hosting the Red Sox, 37% chance at first pitch, but going down very shortly thereafter, just a little further down, 995. The Orioles are hosting the Mets, same deal there, 40% chance at uh, game time, but going down very quickly thereafter. And uh, the one that you really should check uh, quite a bit here is the Nats and the Cardinals. Be nice to maybe give those bullpens a day off, right? Give them a night off. Uh, 41% chance of precipitation 
Uh, that's a 7.15 Central Time start at Bush Stadium. Uh, and the, the rain chance doesn't really go down much throughout the evening. So that's one uh, that you may have to, that may cause you to make a little bit of last-minute changes. And also, uh, just across the state there in Kansas City, Royals hosting the Blue Jays, 59% chance of precipitation for first pitch, but then goes down very quickly thereafter. So really, it's that Cardinals-Nationals game uh, that's a bit worrisome in terms of uh, maybe losing a game to a, a, a postponement there. And uh, no lineups out yet for either team, but that's uh, scheduled to be Gio Gonzalez and John Gant in that one. Now, we do have a bunch of lineups out, uh, including Philly's Red Sox, where there's a little bit of chance of rain. And uh, being in Philadelphia, no DH. J.D. Martinez gets the start in right field. Batting cleanup, no Jackie Bradley there for uh, the Red Sox. Uh, we've got Mets Orioles lineups, Vargas and Kashner. Conforto's going to DH for the Mets. And uh, for the Orioles, kind of an interesting development. Renato Nunez has been getting a lot of playing time at third base, particularly since they recently DFA Danny Valencia. But Nunez, who's been batting towards the bottom of the lineup, he's going to bat second right behind Jothan VR. And, boy, that could be a nice uh, matchup, perhaps, uh, stolen base-wise for VR. Uh, Kevin Ploiecki behind the plate for the Mets. Actually, I'm not sure how Ploiecki's done this year in terms of uh, caught stealing. So maybe go check that out uh, and see if it's worth uh, starting Jonathan VR tonight. Rays, it's uh, Hunter Wood, who I talked about with um, Casey Boguslaw on last Friday's show. It's been really good as an opener for the Rays. He's going to open up uh, tonight against the Yankees and Jay Happ. And I don't see anything in either lineup that is a cause of interest or concern. And then that uh, matchup I talked about earlier in the show, Giolito and Hardy at Comerica Park, White Sox, Tigers. We do not have a Tigers lineup, but of course we have a White Sox lineup because they are always one of the first, if not the first, with a lineup, uh, even when they're at home back in central time. But nothing much to see there. We've got Indians and Reds, Kluber and Romano. So, um, of course, no DH for the Indians. Uh, and I'm just looking to see. Yep, uh, nothing much much there to see. Jose Ramirez, of course, batting third, playing third. Had a really nice game on Monday, but he also got struck out by um, uh, Brandon Dixon. I was trying to remember which infielder it was that the Reds had uh, come in and pitch. And Brandon Dixon struck out uh, Jose Ramirez on, I think it was a 69-mile-an-hour curveball. Ramirez just like wound up throwing his bat at the ball. It's a pretty cool gif. Uh, go find it if you haven't seen it. Outfield alignment for the Reds tonight is Williams, Hamilton, and Tucker. So Billy Hamilton back in the lineup. As I mentioned before, Joey Votto, after being removed early on Monday, back in the Reds lineup, batting second. And, of course, playing first base. And I apologize because my uh, page here with the lineups just uh, refreshed on me and is, is very slow to reload. So uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to interrupt myself and take this uh, take this uh, opportunity here, talk a little bit about uh, DKMS. Football is just around the corner, but we are still giving World Series tickets away here on FNTSY Sports Radio Network. And this time it's the winner of free DFS baseball contests. And yes, those contests are sponsored by DKMS, who are looking for your help in the fight against blood cancer. For many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best chance for survival. And while 30% of patients can find a matching donor in their families, the other 70%, that's nearly 14,000 people each year, they have to rely on a benevolent stranger to step up and donate. You can find out how you can help the cause and win 2018 World Series tickets by playing free Daily Fantasy Baseball. Just go to dailyroto.com slash DKMS. That's dailyroto.com slash DKMS. It's your ticket to the World Series, and it's a blood cancer patient's ticket to life. So let's see if I've got my lineups back. I do. All right, so Marlins Braves, Trevor Richards, and Anibal Sanchez. Uh, we've got uh, Rafael Ortega getting another shot at uh, leading off for the Marlins, playing left field. And uh, it's a Charlie Culberson game here for the Braves at second base. Hmm. All right. So uh, 
Culberson at second. And uh, let's see. We got anything else interesting here? Not really. All right. So uh, and we've got a, a, a Diamondbacks lineup, but unfortunately uh, have a little bit of an issue here seeing the lineup. So maybe I can get back to that. But uh, anyways, at least we got all of your uh, Eastern time lineups in. And uh, let's go back to Monday's games and take a look at what happened there. Uh, on the air during the game uh, or during the show on Monday, Tuki Toussaint was making his major league debut uh, during a day game there with the Marlins. Actually, it was first part of a doubleheader. And it was, was really a fantastic debut. Now, I don't know if this is one and done for Toussaint, but certainly uh, did not give the, the Braves cause to uh, – not give him another chance, but uh, he went six innings, giving up a run on two hits and two walks with four strikeouts. Not a lot of swings and misses, but uh, he got seven called strikes out of 24 seamers he threw. So, uh, you know, seeing some of the, the gifts of those pitches, they were just nasty. So he froze a whole bunch of batters, uh, also froze a whole bunch on the curveball. I think uh, either five or six freezes with the curveball, seven with the uh, with the four seamer. So. Uh, pretty impressive debut for Tuki Toussaint. And uh, Sean Reed Foley, unfortunately, not a terrible start, but just, you know, it was such a high bar set by Toussaint, and, and Reed Foley didn't quite clear it. Uh, he gave up three runs in five innings on six hits and three walks with only three strikeouts against the Royals. So this is what I'm saying. Like, that's not a terrible start, but it's not a great start for fantasy, and that's about as good of a matchup as you can ask for facing the Royals at Kauffman Stadium. Uh, so that's why uh, I wouldn't roll with Ryan Barucki tonight. So I know, just taking the opportunity to just take one more dig. But let's get to a couple of pitchers that have not met our expectations uh, lately, especially uh, Luis Severino, but we'll talk about Marco Gonzalez as well. So Severino only made it four innings uh, against the Mets, and that's another one. Oh, it's the Mets. You can, you can take a chance with Severino. It's the Mets. No, it didn't work out well. Four runs on seven hits and a walk. Over those four innings for Severino, did get six Ks, but he gave up uh, home runs to Jose Bautista and Ahmed, and Ahmed Rosario. And that, unfortunately, just builds on a very distressing trend for Severino. So over his last seven starts now, this, this slump is getting long. Over his last seven starts, he has a 7.50 ERA. And the really big problem that he's faced, I mean, the strikeouts are down a bit. Uh, but it's really, and the BAPIP is up as he's allowed a lot of line drives, but the big thing is the home runs. Uh, over this stretch, he has thrown 36 innings, and uh, which by, uh, unto itself is not a great sign. That's about five innings a start, but he's given up 11 home runs in those 36 innings. And I can't just make a caveat there and say, well, in the current power-hitting environment, no. <laughs> that's almost a home run every three innings. So that's the, the biggest problem for Luis Severino. And he's just not getting the ground balls, uh, only a 33% rate over those seven starts. Uh, so, you know, there's the deal. Now, you know, we can go a level deeper and ask, why is he not getting ground balls? Why is he giving up so many home runs? Well, I, I didn't quite go quite that deep with Luis Severino. It gives me something to talk about uh, before the next start. So, uh, I, I'm not trusting him. This is the second start in a row where I benched him, and uh, or actually third start in a row. And uh, I'm, I'm glad I did. I also benched Marco Gonzalez. And I've got to give uh, Nick Pollock a little credit for this one because I might have gone with the, the the rationalization. Well, it's Oakland. It's a good venue. It's just one bad start for Marco Gonzalez. But Nick Pollock, I had him on the show last week. And, you know, he pointed out a, a number of things that were concerning about Marco Gonzalez and that report that I've cited a few times in the past week on the show that uh, Gonzalez might not be 100% health-wise, uh, that one of the Mariners beat writers saw him do some, some extra stretching that he doesn't normally do uh, prior to his previous start. And all that said, I'm not sure if there's anything wrong with Marco Gonzalez. Now, in that start against the Rangers, that previous start, that was just flat-out terrible. He did not get a single swing and miss. But against the A's, while the overall line is not very good, he gave up four runs in just five innings on eight hits and three walks. 
he did get 11 swings and misses. But the problem for Gonzalez, so this one was a different one. Uh, he got the swings and misses. He just didn't throw in the zone enough. And by the way, in both starts, he got plenty of chases, uh, which has been a key part of Gonzalez's success when things have gone well. But he only threw just over one out of four pitches in the strike zone in this one, where normally he's at, I think, 43 44%. He was at 26% in this one. So, you know, on the show here, I've marshaled up all, all of this evidence against Marco Gonzalez, and I'm not really clear that there's anything really that, that's really wrong. Uh, it might just be a couple of starts where he got babipped and had some poor control in one start. I don't know. So I'm certainly going to sit him for the next one, but I'm way, way, way more worried. I understand it's not exactly apples to apples because, you know, people spent a lot to get Severino uh, in the drafts this year. And Marco Gonzalez was a waiver guy that people picked up like in May. But uh, I'm much, much more worried about Severino going forward. Uh, Gonzalez, it'll take one good start for me to, to get back on the bandwagon with him. So, all right, not much time left here. I didn't leave much time for hitters, but Danny Jansen had a, a very nice debut uh, against the, the Royals going two for three. Will Myers made his debut at third base, but uh, went 0 for three with a walk. And Ronald Acuna, man, what a doubleheader for him against the Marlins. Five for eight with a home run in each game, also a double. So he's up to 17 homers, 17 doubles. And he's batting 282 despite a strikeout rate that's just a little south of 30%, but hitting with so much raw power that he's getting some BABIP help and has eight stolen bases to boot. So he's uh, everything we hope for. And Johan Camargo, also with a nice doubleheader, four for eight with three doubles, taking him up to, to 20 doubles. Uh, Nick Castellanos got off the schneid in a big way with a five-hit game, including two doubles and his 17th home run. And a uh, couple of A's. Uh, one getting off uh, a slump, hopefully. That's Jed Lowry, three for four with a couple of doubles. And um, Matt Chapman has just been red hot, stayed hot with three doubles. He's up to 26, and he's hitting 388 with six homers over his last 21 games. So go get Matt Chapman if you can. Uh, I'm going to go take a break uh, until tomorrow, at least as far as radio is concerned. So thank you so much for tuning in. See you here on Wednesday with Nate Dockin. Have a great one, everybody.